بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Once again we encourage the brothers to recite those words that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam exhorted us to increase the recitation of during the month of Ramadan Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah Astaghfirullah Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah Astaghfirullah اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار The first verse to be recited was the verse of Isra and Mi'raj These are commonly understood terms The word Mi'raj is ascension and Isra means the journey by night Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Subhanalladhi asra bi'abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-harami ila al-masjid al-aqsa Alladhi barakna hawlahu linuriyahu min ayatina innahu huwa al-sami'u al-basir Subhana means attributing purity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Usabbihu subhanallah that I express from my heart and with my tongue That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pure from any defect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from any resemblance to his creation. This is the meaning of subhanahu. When we say subhanallah, the ulama say if a person wants to improve his concentration in salah, he should concentrate on the meaning of the tasbihat, which we call al-baqiyatu salihat. One of the verses recited tonight also, al-malu wal-banuna zinatu al-hayatu dunya Your wealth and your offspring, these are from the adornments of the life of this world. وَالْبَاقِيَاتُ الصَّالِحَاتُ خَيْرٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ And the baqiyat salihat, those righteous, pious, long-remaining deeds will be valuable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And amongst the baqiyat salihat is to say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. So the ulama say if you want to uh, increase your, your concentration in salah, then when making the tasbihat of Subhanallah, we should, I should, Concentrate and think that, oh Allah, you are free from any type of blemish, any defect, and all faults are found in me. So we negate it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we, and we, we attribute those weaknesses to ourselves. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond any resemblance of, of His creation. That being Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who took by night His servant, the ulama ikram explained to us. That bi'abdihi means that Rasulullah sallallahu night journey was with his body and his soul. Bi'abd, the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which encapsulates the physical dimension of Rasulullah sallallahu body, as well as his ruh. It was not just a mere dream, but it was a physical and spiritual journey that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam undertook from uh, Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Laylan. Asra bi'abdihi laylan The word night is mentioned again Whereas in the word asra The meaning of night is already found So the ulama explained to us That this indicates The minimum amount of time That was used to undertake that journey That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is the being who is free from Any time, direction, space And any of the dimensions that affect, affect The human being so he's in control of time. He's in control of directions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of the things which affect our lives. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he wants, he can shorten time or he can lengthen time. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it was a journey by night 
but some portion of the night. Min al-Masjid al-Haram, from Masjid al-Haram to, to Masjid al-Aqsa. And this was one of the miracles of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he traveled that, that long distance in a short period of time. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his nubuwa and his mu'ajizat will be till the day of Qiyamah. And his prophethood and example will be for us as a guide till the day of Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam such miracles to show people coming till Qiyamah that whatever you discover in what you call technological advancement will still be nothing in comparison to what Allah honored Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with. So traveling in a short portion of the night, a few moments from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa, perhaps it's easier for us to understand it now. But in that time, it was difficult to comprehend such a, such a fast type of, of transportation. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it faster than the transportation we have in this world. Where the buraq would place its gaze, this is where it would reach in its speed. And after the, the night journey, when Rasulullah sallallahu returned, and we, this was discussed in the program that was had for Mi'raj and Isra, Rasulullah sallallahu returned, and the Quraysh, they rejected what he was informing them of. They said that, how is it possible that you can travel? And then you still said you met the Anbiya alayhim salam and you went up and ascended into the heavens. So because of them frequently traveling to Bilad al-Sham and the lands of, of Sham in Syria and Palestine, they were, many, many of them were accustomed with the architecture and the structure of Masjid al-Aqsa. So they thought in order to discomfort Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and reject him and deny what he was saying, they asked him to describe Masjid al-Aqsa. And the ulama of Sirah explained to us that in the hadith it is mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at that time an image of Masjid al-Aqsa in front of him which he could look at and describe as they were asking him how many windows, how many doors, what we would call a three-dimensional type of image. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam answered exactly what they were asking. So this was another miracle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored him with those type of things which people perhaps in our time could understand a bit better. Yet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was given those things without the equipment or the modern technology that we require to be able to have something not even close to it. لِنُرِيَّهُ min ayatina. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and honored him this particular journey. And amongst the purposes and objectives of the journey was for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he traveled through the heavens, he met the various anbiya alayhim salam, and he went to the place beyond which even Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salam could not go. And he met Musa alayhi salam who instructed him that your ummah will be unable to perform the 50 salawat. Go back to the place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored you with the ability to speak to him. And this is also a very important point that this was a point where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was honored with uh, being able to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it was not a place where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resides. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free from any space or any direction. This is something we should keep in mind. So the place and the restriction was for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and not for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the purpose, amongst the purposes of the mi'raj, the ascension was لِنُرِيَّهُ min ayatina To show him from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is some of the, the points that 
the ulama have mentioned, and these are just some points that we share with you. It is nothing uh, from, from our side. This is one of the harms of only reading eight records, brothers. The person lost his phone, now his phone is to... So after eight rakats, they found the phone. So we request you to perform 20 rakats, inshallah. Barakallahu feekum. Amongst the verses that were recited also was the verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us to show respect and ihtiram and adab to our parents. It is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we worship none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ihsana, and that we show compassion and good nature, good behavior and mannerisms towards our parents. So tawheed and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most essential requirement we, we need to enter into Jannah. And to show the importance of respect to parents, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala couples this with the instruction of Tawheed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that if both of them or one of them reach old age in our company, then we should ensure that we do not utter any such words. May Allah give us Tawfiq and protect us because we know the environment in which we are, the weaknesses that we do have. So the instruction is not to utter the word uff. Uff in the Arabic terminology is the bare minimum with which you could, you could verbally reject or show disrespect to somebody. It doesn't mean that uh, there's no mention of physical abuse in the verse, so physical abuse might be okay and you don't verb verbally abuse. That is even more obvious. If we instructed not to, to verbally utter such a word which will hurt their feelings, then even more important and more obvious it would be for us to understand that we cannot physically abuse our parents. These are the apparent means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored us with through which we came into this world. So we need and we have to, it is fard, obligatory upon us to show respect and make ihtiram and be dutiful towards our parents. Do not rebuke them. And utter to them kind and noble speech. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us also to lower our wings of mercy. In other words, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored us with parents, it is our duty for us to ensure that we conduct ourselves in such a way that when they need something, hasten towards what they require and go out of your way to see that uh, you, you are humble before them and also make dua for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us to ensure that we make dua that Allah has mercy on our parents the way they had mercy on us. And, and the mercy that, that we show uh, is, is nothing in comparison to the mercy that our parents showed on, on us. As our ulama explained that when we, when our, when, when we were young, the, our parents saw us in difficulty and they hoped and made dua for, uh, for a long life of barakah for us. When they reach old age or they're in difficulty or they cause a little bit of inconvenience for us, then many times the children feel that, uh, you know, it's difficult, it's difficult to, to suffer so much. You know, maybe it's better if they leave this world. So the children develop a desire that the parents should, uh, with the excuse that, you know, they're suffering. But they don't make the dua for a long life with afiyah. They make the dua, they, in their heart there's this aspiration that, you know, if they, if they go it might be easier. May Allah protect us and save us from, from this type of, of thinking and behavior. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, this was one of the, 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 the points of tarbiyah that he, he brought about in the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, respecting the elders and also showing compassion to, to the youth. So the youth are instructed to show respect to their parents and to the seniors. 
And Nabi Sallallahu stated the meaning of the hadith is that those people who do not show respect to the ulama, the, the ulama and the, the senior scholars of their environment and their community, or the elderly in their community, and they do not show compassion and mercy to the youth, they are not the, they are not the, 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 the perfect followers of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala protect us. Then there are many verses, respected brothers, in which there were injunctions and instructions from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us to ensure that we stay away from those things which displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا الزِّنَا إِنَّهُ كَانَ فَاحِشَةُ وَسَاءَ السَّبِيلَ That do not go close to zina. The Mufassirin say that the instruction, zina is fornication and adultery. And they say that كُلُّ مَا يُؤَدِّي إِلَى الزِّنَا فَهُوَ حَرَامٌ Anything which leads to zina is also, is also haram. And the instruction here is, do not go close to zina. And the ulama ikram, they tell us that, like you know, when you go in the path of Allah, there's six points you learn. You know, iman, salah, ilm, and dhikr, there's six points. So there's six points which becomes the foundation for you to come onto the a'mal of deen. And shaitan also got six points. Shaitan has also got six points. They say, فَنَظْرَةٌ فَابْتِسَامَةٌ فَسَلَامٌ فَكَلَامٌ فَمَوْعِدٌ فَلِقَاءٌ The first point shaitan uses to take a person towards that which is haram is the, the, the lustful glance. فَنَظْرَةٌ So it starts with a so-called innocent lustful glance and then فَابْتِسَامَةٌ and then a smile. So that's point number two, a smile. And then he says, no, it's, no, it's a... Uh, you need to be respectful and make salam also. You can't just be rude and go past without greeting. So that, that is a waswas, the whisper of shaitan. He's, he's inspiring you with the excuse that you're doing good. فَنَظْرَةٌ فَابْتِسَامَةٌ فَسَلَامُ So now he says, no, make salam. Then فَكَلَامٌ Now you start speaking. فَمَوْعِدٌ And you have a date. فَلِقَاءُ And the last point is reaching that which is, which is haram. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So we need, to, we need to take the steps and ensure that we protect ourselves. And this is one of the things which leads to difficulty in marriages as well. Where people, or we do not, not people, all of us, we sometimes are not cautious in how we cast our glances. And it could result in either the wife feeling that the husband is not uh, adequate enough for her, or the husband feeling that um, his wife is not as beautiful as certain images or certain individuals that he might be seeing momentarily in pictures or in, on, on, on the screen, and he becomes affected with that, that affects the, the, the beauty and the, the purity of, of the relationship between a husband and wife. So if a person wants to have a happy married life, he needs to protect his eyes. If a woman wants a, a, a happy marriage, she needs to protect her eyes. And husband and wife both have to tell themselves that the spouse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had granted me is the best for me. Because the nafs of a human being is such that if a man has access to all the most beautiful women in this world and he is told there's still one left, he will still want to inquire and find out about that one. The nafs is like that it doesn't become full. It's like a baby. If you carry on feeding it and breastfeeding it, it will drink till it's a six, seven-year-old child. You have to wean the nafs. We have to wean the, the nafs off this type of behavior. And we have to force ourselves to make muhasaba before we sleep. We need to check our lives. We need to check our phones. We need to check our minds. And the month of Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this ability that we stay away from food and drink, which is the source of our existence. 
So it's an easy opportunity for us to turn away from those forms of disobedience which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us to stay away from. And as we get closer to the, the second half and towards the last 10 days of Ramadan, and people go in seclusion, it is even more of an opportunity for a person to detach his heart from the things of this dunya. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to spend our nights and the days of Ramadan and the rest of our life, inshallah, in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, taking care of the youngsters and respecting our elders and the ulama of our communities. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.